remember we will remember the works of your hands I don't expect you to be talking just sit down and settle down and give you praise for great is thy faithfulness Auntie Lorinda, is your class confused? classes behind you. So you sit down. If there's a class, you just move a little backwards. Where's Uncle Ivan's class? I think move, move this way. Let's create some space here. I can have class. Uh, the SHS graduates go behind, take the last two rows, and then uh, Uncle Evans class take the first two rows. Auntie Adam, where's your class? Okay, Uncle Solo is moving, so let them move. Ah, is that Esther's class? Which class is this? And where's Uncle Wilhelm's class? Or you've merged? Uncle Wilhelm's class. Then where's Auntie Gina? Where's your class? Are you okay? We will remember. We will remember. We will remember the works of your We will stop being everybody should be settled, please. Auntie Winnie, please get seated. We'll talk later, but not now. We will remember. We will remember. We will remember the works of your hands. We will stop and give you praise for great is thy faith. One of the things that I want to instruct you to do throughout this month and next month, throughout the whole day, you decide when. We will not give you a specific time. Decide when. Sometime, two or three times during the day. Stop whatever you are doing and spend about five to 15 minutes just praying in tongues and just giving God praise stop and remember stop at the time that is convenient to you depending on whether you are working or you are in school or your holidays whatever it is but just stop take specific times and if you are if you are fasting and we should all be fasting we'll talk a lot more about that later but if you are fasting the lunch time is a very good time to take time to do what I'm asking you to do and your breakfast time is another good time to stop and do what I'm asking you to do. And for those of you who break your fast early, it's another good time to take time to do what I'm asking you to do. I beg you, do what I'm asking you to do. Do it. Just do it. All right. Um, good morning again, everybody. This morning, 
I would be giving us a very short exhortation on the verse that I asked us to learn. So shall we all quote it? Ready, go. Galatians 2, verse 20. Ready, go. How many of you were not in church last week, Sunday? All right, write this verse down, Galatians 2, verse 20, and memorize it. We are memorizing it. And for the next two months, this is going to be our special focus. We'll do other things, but this is going to be our special focus in times of exhortation, discussions, preaching, and prayer. Galatians 2, verse 20. We're going to spend a lot of time. Um, if you've written it down, let's all read it together on the screen again. Ready, go. Galatians 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the... I'm trying to change verses, uh, versions in my mind. So pardon me. Okay. All right, so this is going to be the central verse that we shall be focusing on. And by the time this season is over, you must understand what the cross means. And you must understand what it means to take up your cross and follow him. And you must understand that, look, you are, if I should, if I should, it's not the message I'm preaching, but if I were to give a title to this message, I'll call it the living dead. The living dead. You are dead, but you are alive in Christ. You are dead. You live a new life. You are dead to your old life. You now live a new life. And you understand and walk into this new life. And until you die, you cannot live this new life. And that is the paradox of the Christian life. Can you go to my slides, please? Until you die, you cannot live this Christian life. You cannot live this life because it's a life. It's a, it's a resurrected life. And you cannot live a resurrected life if you are not dead. You have to first die. And what does it mean to die? That's what you shall be reflecting on. Until you die, you cannot rise up into this newness of life. And a lot of us, the reason why we are not experiencing the Christian life the way God wants us to experience it is because we are not dying. You don't consider yourself dead. You don't see that you are dead. You haven't caught the revelation that you died with Christ. It's not Jesus alone who died. It's not he alone that was buried. But you need to get that revelation, that personal revelation that I died with him. I died when he died. If you don't die, you cannot resurrect. It's a paradox because you're looking at it and you are alive. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. Last week, I was talking to um, Uncle Nicholas and then we had an interesting discussion. I sent him a, a hymn and um, he, he had a back and forth on the hymn. So it was a very powerful hymn, very well ministered. And then um, I think, well, it's written by a, a group called the uh, Gator Vocal Band. How many of you have heard about this band? 
I bet less than 5%. Just a few. That's what I'm taking. Oh, if you uncle solo. Ah, okay. <laughs> Just a few. This morning, I want to take time to introduce to us the Gator Vocal Band. And then we'll do a video playback of one of their songs, which is my personal all-time prayer for the rest of my life. And I'm praying that that will be your prayer too as we go through this time of fasting and prayer. And then we'll talk a little bit about this verse and we'll talk a little bit about prayer and fasting. And then we'll go back into our discussions and then we'll discuss these things that I've talked about further. But the Gator Vocal Band is, is an interesting band in the sense that if you meet them for the first time, other a video, somebody sends you something, or you go to the net and see. I mean, you'll not be impressed by them, especially for us young people, because it looks like they are all old people. But the truth is that the band is not just made up of old people, because I have followed them for years. It's made up of people that we can consider our great-grandfathers. And our grandfathers, and our fathers, and our peers, and even some of them from children's service. That is the constitution of the band. It's made up of different generations. And when the minister, I mean, you can't listen to any of their songs and not feel the presence of God. Even when you hear them minister a song that you know too well, it will touch you in a way that you have never experienced before. It's because the, 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 those who formed the band, it, it's actually a couple. Unfortunately, the wife has passed on in 2015 at the age of 81. Bill and Gloria Gator, they formed the band. And this band is a unique band in the sense that every member of the band is a soloist. They are all top-class world soloists on their own. There are several duets, several trios, several quartets, male and female, several quintets, and they have a unique way of ministering. There, there's, there's, there are albums that they have made what they call uh, Homecoming. And it is full of a lot of humor, a lot of scripture, a lot of ministry, the word of God. They have sung at many tent camp meetings in the past. They have sung at great crusades. And in fact, those who know them follow them religiously. Because whenever you listen to them, you are blessed. Now, you can see some of the icons that relate to them. You know, so uh, we, we are talking about world-class gospel ministers. Most of the songs that they sing are compositions they made themselves. Some of those songs, we sing them every day, we don't even know that they made them. And they also do a lot of remix of traditional hymns. But when you hear them sing some of those traditional hymns, you wonder, have I, how, how have I understood this hymn 
in the past. I remember I used all their hymns at a uh, camp. Maybe uh, many of you were you are too young, except maybe the facilitators. You remember when I showed uh, Amazing Grace? They sang Amazing Grace at camp. A black man sang Amazing Grace, and he gave the, maybe next week I'll play that video back here again. He gave some background, then he sang Amazing Grace. When I listened to that song, I said, what? Have I been singing this same song every day? You know, songs like um, Because He Leaves, it's a common song that we all, song, we all sing. It was, it was composed by them. God on the mountain. How many of you have heard that song? It becomes so viral these days. How many of you have heard that song, God on the mountains? Hey, Capri Temple. If you're not current, cry. This song has become so viral, even among unbelievers. For God on the mountains is the God in the valleys. How you heard it before? Ah, that's a title. It was composed by them. Songs like He Touched Me, which became very popular, made very popular by Oral Roberts' ministry. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all the joy that floods my soul. It was composed by them. Something beautiful is about to happen. That one you know, don't you? Ah, if you don't know, don't want to. Something beautiful. You've been singing it in this, song, in this church. Hey, teen chapel. You shall, be, you shall be revising some of these old classics during this time of uh, prayer. But this one you should know. Mary, did you know? And it's very contemporary. I just composed by them. Okay. How beautiful heaven must be. I've used it when I was teaching about heaven and hell in this church. I've used as I've played the year, but no many of you cannot remember. Traces of this song that touched me so much was sung by somebody who had um, how do they call that disease? Um, uh, this syndrome, what do they call that syndrome? He had a Down syndrome. And then he introduced, as he was introducing the song, you know, he was slurring, he couldn't speak properly. And then he started singing this song, How Beautiful Heaven Must Be, you know. And when he got to that, that stage where he talked about when he sees Jesus, I mean, he will no longer be talking like this. And I, I was touched. It, it made me weep. But as the Gator vocal band, um, They've won several awards, several Grammys, and uh, they are known all over the world. Next slide, uh, please. This morning, I want to do a playback of this song that I think most of you should know this song because I've used it here so often. How many of you have heard this song before? I don't believe you, or you are confused. But when, when they start ministry, you remember that ah, I know the song. But what we are going to be focusing on in the next two months, in prayer, in our life, in all that we do, should be along these lines, and this should be your desire and your prayer, that God is my everlasting portion. God is my portion my portion in this present life and my portion in all eternity. He is my source, he is my strength, he is my sustainer, he is my everything. 
He helps me academically. He helps me financially. He helps my parents. He is my portion. And he's more than a friend or life to me. God is more precious to me than life itself. And so all along my pilgrim journey, you know, this is an old, um, how do I put it? Um, it's an archaic word, pilgrim. A pilgrim is somebody who considers wherever he is as not his home. If you read through the Psalms, the Psalmist talks a lot about this, you know, and describes this earth as, look, this earth is not my home. I'm a pilgrim just passing through. I'm going somewhere. Like most of you, JHS, BC, that's not where you're ending academically. You're just passing through. And if you ever forget and you think that for the rest of your life you stay in JHS, you miss it. So on this earth, we are living here, we are here for a season. Some of us, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, 100, if you are blessed, 120, 150, I, I tell you, very, very few, if any at all, will live beyond 150 if Jesus should not come. And if you compare that for, to eternity, infinity in years, you understand what it means. And you're not fooled with your life when you go to senior high school. Because you realize that you're only a pilgrim in senior high school. You are just passing through. And your Christ should be, Lord, walk with me as I pilgrim through this journey in life. Walk with me, and I will walk with you. That should be your prayer. You shouldn't just desire the things that he will give you, but you must desire to live with him and walk with him wherever he takes you through. And I promise you, from experience and from scripture, that some of the places that you pass, you won't like it. Some of the places will be pain. And some of it you will suffer. Some of you will go through financial stress. But you will not stay there. Like he says, you know, he will be with you as you move along. When you pass through the water, you are not going to get drowned. He'll be there with you. When you pass through fire, you will not burn like the, the three men who were thrown into the fairy furnace. He will be right there with you. You will go through pain, but you will not die in the pain. And when he takes you to the mountain top too, he'll be there with you. You rejoice with him. You, you enjoy his blessings. You may not stay there, but wherever he is, your prayer must be, Lord, may I stay close to you. All along my journey on this earth, don't go away from me. Let me walk with you. And I pray that this month and next month, as we go through this season of fasting, and prayer, your desire would be, Lord, I want to know you. I want to launch out into the deep. I want to go deeper. I'm not satisfied with my life as it is. I want to go deeper with you. Encourage you to stay awake, please. I want to go deeper. I want to know more. I want to serve you. When you speak, I will obey. Don't laugh too much. 
Listen to me. The second verse talks about the fact that, look, my desire is not just worldly pleasure. Lord, give me eight ones. When you get eight ones, then you're happy. Give me eight A's. You get the eight A's. Oh, God, you are good. You praise God. And then when you get an F, you forget God. I can tell you from experience and from the lives of many people, many people have had Fs in different phases of life. I've shared with you my own experience when I filled my university exams. And honestly, I was, I was tired. I felt like committing suicide. And meanwhile, I was a very serious Christian, though. I wasn't like some of you. Very, very serious on fire power for God. And then I had an F. Some of you have never had F in life before, so you don't understand when we are talking about Fs. Auntie Elsie, can I share your experience without? Oh, sorry. Okay. Are you sure? Auntie Elsie is a shark. She went to Wesley Girls. And she has always been clocking high grace, and failure was not a portion. I mean, it wasn't part of her life. She graduated with very good grace, went to the university, got very good grace. Um, she has a master's. At the stage, she was chartering, she was studying to charter as, a, as an accountant. And then at a certain stage in her essence, for the first time in her life, she failed one paper. And she called me, Uncle Bijou, I, I don't understand. I've never experienced this in life before. I mean, she couldn't get it. How can me, Elsie, fail? She went through a lot of depression, but the mom was there for her. I was there for her. Parents were there for her. We encouraged her that, look, F is not the end of life. If you want to know more of the story, you can talk to her later on. But I can assure you that there'll be times in life that you have an F. It may be in a relationship. It may be in a subject. It may be in a marriage. It, it may be in business. It may be anything. Do you give up on God when you fail? It's the worst thing to do. Because where else are you going? I've had people tell me, and I think I shared somebody's testimony about a month or so ago, where somebody, Uncle Zola, can you follow up and check up? Where somebody she had heard so much about the good things of God and she had been experiencing testimonies and prophecies and the goodness of God and she was so happy she was on cloud nine. In fact, there was one time that she received some breakthroughs in the relationship and she came to me so excited. Then she had an F. She didn't feel a people, but she had an F. Am Roberts broke into her house, stole a phone, just phone She was so devastated. A brand new iPhone that she had just bought. The latest. How can God allow armed robbers to steal my phone? Because of that, she went through a season where she was giving up on God. iPhone. (laughs) 
When I failed my, my final exams, by the way, I mean, you've heard my story also. I was a shark. Growing up, I was a shark. Made some silly mistakes, some wrong decisions, but I mean, throughout my life, I was a shark. There are some spiritual dimensions which I don't often talk about publicly. I only share with people getting into deeper ministry, and I think you are too young to understand some of the details, so I'm not bothered to. That's why I've never shared it in Teen Chapel. But I've shared it with some people. When I filmed my, my exams, it was like, nah, enough is enough. Like Elijah, I said, God, just let me die. I was, I was sitting on my bed all alone in university hall. I can still remember that day. Suddenly, it was like the whole atmosphere was full of darkness, pitch black. Then in the midst of that, I heard God's voice clearly. I knew this was God. Audibly. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul. And so for me, that verse means so much to me. I don't know what you may be going through now. You may be going through some difficult times. It's all right. Even if you're on the high mountain, I can tell you, you are going to go through the valley. You will go through pain. The hymn writer says, gladly I will toil and suffer. Only that let me keep working with you. Paul says, I forget what is past. I press on to attain the goal that I might partake of his suffering. This is a prayer that we don't pray. Lord, let me suffer with you. I don't know how many of us have ever even prayed that prayer before. Oh God, deliver me. Oh God, deliver me. My, the family witches, the family witches in my house, I bind them, I bind them, I bind them, I bind them by fire, by fire, by fire. Let them go, let them go. You're breakthrough. You're a God of blessing. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, you're a God of Jacob. You are my God. You are, failure is not my portion. I'm headed for the top. There are times in life that you head for the bottom. But the good news is that when you head for the bottom, you are not staying there. You will rise up again if you remain faithful to God. So I want us to listen to my favorite band, the Gita Fuka band, Minnesota's song. Then I'll talk briefly about uh, Galatians 2 verse 20 and then we'll continue the discussions in our Steady groups. You're playing the wrong one. I've done the lyrics. Teacher, can I call you foolish this morning? No. Some of you have to address you as all foolish teacher members. Some of you. And the reason why he addresses them as foolish is because they were not the living dead. 
they had experienced the resurrection life. They had been born again, but they went back to the life of the dead. They preferred their own life. Like the Israelites when they came out of Egypt, after all the miracles, if I were you, wouldn't you want to continue living in the life of miracles? But we're also like them. They said, let us go back to Egypt. At least then we had garlic, we had cucumber, we had fried rice and jollof and chicken. Let's go back. In fact, at a stage in their journey when God was not showing up, foolishly, the, the blessings that they had received, the gold, and they removed all the gold, melted them, and then created a beautiful golden calf. I said, this is the God that brought us from Egypt. You are saying, ah, we all do the same thing, including myself. We come back from camp, fire. Oh God, I'm not going back. My life will transform. I'm staying on the mountaintop. I'm walking in faith. Every demon shall bow. All the old grace that will change. I'm walking in prosperity. We shall be great. We shall be great. I shall be great. One week. Two weeks. Uh, you come late. Small rain. No church. You wake up in the morning. Uh, mommy, where is food? You don't think about prayer. You don't think about quiet time. Auntie Esther will post. Read your Bible. You see it. Oh, Auntie Esther too. Uh, then you throw the Bible somewhere. Is it not true? So foolish Jean Chapel members. That is why Paul was addressing them as foolish. And he said, who has bewitched you? After all that you have experienced, after experiencing the goodness of God, after experiencing his salvation, are you going back? Fortunately, or unfortunately for our generation, more than 80% of us, our parents are Christians, right? How many of, of us have Christian parents? Which ones, let me see. Yeah, you see? Most of us, our parents are Christians. So right from the time we were babies, even before we were born, our mothers were singing praise songs, laying hands on their tummy, and praying over us. Some of us were brought to Calvary Temple here and pastor dedicated us and prayed for us and gave us a name and they pronounced prophecies over our lives and blessed us. Soon as we started talking, started reading Bible stories to us, showing us Bible pictures, we went to children's service. Uh, 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 now his uncle said, many of you don't know uh, Uncle Brian. You taught a staff. You came to Teen Chapel and the fire continues. You go from camp to camp and you come back. So you don't know what it means to live in the world. You have no idea. Meanwhile, the internet is bombarding you with stuff in the world that makes you think that let me go and taste. Please, don't try it. Don't try this one at home. And don't try it in church. Don't try it anywhere. You will be tempted. It will look good, but don't try it. You will regret. And unfortunately, some of you may not recover. 
because you haven't grounded yourself properly, you don't know how to bounce back when you fall. Because some of you have not taken the ABC material seriously. The Bible studies you've been doing. Some of you have not taken it seriously. So when you fall, you don't know how to bounce back. I know many of you will not understand what I'm saying because you haven't been there. And very soon you'll be there. Oh, I've been doing this job for almost 20 years and I know what I'm talking about. I've handled many different types of teenagers and I know exactly what I'm talking about. There's nothing good in the world. Some of us, we have been there. Almost all the vices in the world, I have tried them. The only thing I didn't do is I didn't get into drugs. I didn't get into prostitution. Oh, a lot of my friends did. You think it's only girls who do prostitution? So for some of us, eh, when we remember where God took us from, we never want to go back. There's nothing good there. Look, it's, it's not the don't don't try it. I've been st- studying this LBGT uh, craze. What is funny about it? Did I get the acronyms wrong? Okay, whatever. But you understand what I mean. <laughs> I've been studying this for some time, and there have been a couple of viral videos about people. Some people who went in, they've regretted, have come out, are Christians now, and are advocates, encouraging and talking to people, don't try it. Have you found it? Okay, give me two minutes. Then. To live under the law, and the law was a tough, hard master, don't do this. Don't do this. Is it last week uh, somebody led us in prayer or, or Uncle, uh, was it Uncle Nicholas who was talking about, look, when you sin, like today that we have come to church, I mean, we will kill cow, we will kill, kill goat, we will kill chicken, the scent will be all over the place, the blood will be splendid all over the place, the meat will be burning on the fire, and the priest will be ready to chop and some of them will be excited because there's meat to chop. That was the law. If you made a mistake and you broke one of the laws, some of the instant justice, you die just like that. Like some of you will not be alive this morning because of some of the sins you committed yesterday. No mercy. A tooth for a tooth, an eye for an eye. The law was a hard driving master. It was said that it was literally impossible to obey the law. And that is why Jesus came. He came to fulfill all righteousness. He came to teach us how to live under the law. He obeyed every law. And at the end of it all, he paid the ultimate price 
sin. That it is possible now for every human being that is willing to be reconciled to God. He died on the cross. He went to hell, took the keys of death and hell from the devil. He arose victorious and he said unto us, because I live, you too will live. And Paul tells us, makes us to understand that when we believe in Christ, we identify with his death. We identify with his resurrection. We, in other words, we died with him and we rose with him. And now we walk in the newness of life. It doesn't just come automatically. It says we do this by faith. It means that when you are not walking in this newness by faith, you are dying again. If you have been cheating in essence all the time, it's the old life. Don't bring it back. Determine to study. And determine by faith to remember you are walking with Jesus. Let him remind you of the things that you have studied. And he will. I know this is a tough one for we young students. Many of us cheat in exams. I know. We could have cheated before. But you see, the funny thing is that all the cheating in the exams, how much did it help us? And the funny thing is that for us, the challenge you face, even your teachers will be encouraging you to teach, to cheat. I remember a typical testimony of somebody who was in this church. We went to Corpus Christi. And they were, we, we were taught in church, don't cheat, steady. When you go to the residence room, ask God to remind you of things that you have learned. And he purposed in his heart that he wasn't going to cheat. First paper, no cheating. He wrote to the best of his ability. Second paper, the, 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 the invigilator was telling him, your friend needs help. Help him. And his man, he said, no. So he didn't mind him. Afterwards, you, you, you know students. And they gave it to him. The teachers and the students and everyone were giving it to him. He came to cry on me. cried on his parents. He said, look, stand your ground. Never cheated. He didn't teach anybody. He had a very bad name in Corpus Christi. When he finished his WASI, he had a scholarship to Assess University. And then he had another scholarship to Ara Roberts University, a full scholarship. He ended up at Ara Roberts University. He's still in the U.S. as I speak. If you think I'm telling you stories, I could mention any, but I, I, don't have, I don't have his permission, so I'll not mention his name. Determined to live the new life by faith. Crucify yourself. Die. By faith, die and stay dead. When I stay dead, I don't mean to stay dead, but resurrect and walk in newness of life. When you don't walk in newness of life, you are going back to death. In subsequent weeks, we'll be breaking down this issue of what does it mean to die? How do we die? How do we remain dead? And then another thing is to look at how to walk in the newness of life. What does it mean to walk by faith in Christ? What does it mean to walk with Jesus? It's not just by saying to your mouthful. 
You say it with your mouth, you walk it by obedience, you go through pain, you go through hurt, you go through disappointments, but there's life at the end of the tunnel. Shall we get a song now and then after us we break up into our discussion groups and then we'll discuss some of these issues further.
I pray that this will be your prayer. That you will not just go through this life, go to Tin Chapel, go to camp with us and miss heaven. It's not just about the grades. It's not just about the husband. It's not just about the wife. It's not just about money. Yes, God will bless us with these things. But you must also be willing to suffer for him. And at the end of it all, enter heaven confidently. And hear God say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. There are many aspects of this dead life. It involves consecration, involves pain, involves all that. But it also involves service. We'll be talking about this in September and in August. Well, I've taken all the time. I was hoping that we'll have about 30 minutes in the, uh, our discussion groups. But um, facilitators, please take over and um, take any questions, any further discussions. And uh, we'll continue next week.